All right, welcome once again to Kissing Annie Podcast, hanging out with the usual suspects. Yeah. Bruno okay. and uh, Olivier. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I just learned how to pronounce his name on our way here. Uh, like yeah. literally, I met Olivier last time. I th- I'm and um, now I've gotten him in a quieter, uh, homelier place. Yes. You're good. I'm perfect. You're still enjoying Nairobi City. I'm enjoying Nairobi thoroughly. All right. Yes. Uh, have you gotten food that you like? <laughs> well, I did like uh, some food that I had yesterday. All right. What did you have? Did you, did you have vegetarian? Did you, have, <laughs> did you get some it's really funny. So for someone to go to the cannibal restaurant and be eating yeah. uh, Thai food, and that's, uh, <laughs> that would be a sin. It was a sin indeed, and I, I feel guilty about it. Uh, but it was good-ish. It was good-ish. Uh, all right. Yeah. All right. Before you continue, you have gone to cannibal to do us? What is it? You have, you have been to cannibal to, 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 to do us? What were you doing at the cannibal? Oh, I was at the uh, carnival, uh, I'm kind of bored, I should say, because I was invited by Emmanuel to the comedy premiere All right. over there, oh. and I had the pleasure of seeing it. And it's like uh, Kenyan, uh, you know, the budding Kenyan stand-up comedy scene. Well, I was afraid that I would not have understood, because as you know, comedy is extremely hard to transfer or translate, if you will, culturally speaking. When I say translating, I'm not about not speaking English. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like uh, someone would say something, and I was like, "It doesn't mean it." Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, now okay, I got it. So, were you laughing after the fact? Like I was, I, I was laughing the whole time. All right. The whole time I was laughing. Oh, that's a good thing. That's a really Kenyan good. comedy, man. Yeah. You're going global. <laughs> yeah, that's good yeah. stuff. Good the stuff. scene we've been working on this, the, the English scene for three years now. So before that, you were doing uh, Swahili. Th- these are huge Swahili. Oh, there is a Swahili. Yeah, there, there is a huge Swahili scene, but not... Uh, so the English scene is nascent. Yes, it's, uh, you know, you know, bottom. But anyway, we're here to not talk about comedy. I wanted to ask um, Olivier a couple of questions. Olivier, you have roots in Haiti. Yes. And I gleaned that brilliantly from our previous conversation. And I wanted to speak about Haiti a little, all right? Um, uh, so I wanted to, to ask you a little bit about Haiti. If you if you answer these questions before, just uh, indulge me, right? Feel free to repeat. Um, do, you, do, you, do you have um, like family there, like your grandma and your great grandma? Well, what we call in the United States immediate family. Yeah. Um, I don't have any immediate family in Haiti beside an aunt who does is not moving to the United States, but. She is in Haiti. She's uh, she's the only immediate family that I would say I have, but everybody else is in the states. Mm. But I do have distant relatives yeah. in Haiti. So you're uh, like you're familiar with what's happening there totally. Absolutely. I uh, I've spent all my formative years in the United States. I came to so I decided to go back to Haiti as a tourist, if you will, mm-hmm. to get to know the country. So the first time I went. I capital city of Port-au-Prince, and I visited my grandmother's uh, village, and I 
second time uh, to Haiti, I went to the south of Haiti, the mm-hmm. Nagalash in the northwest, I went to the south, and the third time I went to the north. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's that's usually my my uh, mode of travel, just like I went to Western Africa first, and now I'm in East Africa. Oh yeah. I'm going to go to South Africa. Oh, so it's a pattern. It's a pattern. I like to just go <laughs> <laughs> west, east, and then south. So and then I, if, if I don't die early, I will go to North Africa last. Oh, okay. Yeah. To meet our cousins up there. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Arabs. Yeah. I'll, 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 I'll check out the brothers first, you know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so Haiti, the, the, you know, the president was assassinated recently. Um, so what's, what's normally... Um, like, um, like the economy of Haiti has never really taken off, right? But what's normally the problem? Is it the same as the, the same challenges we have here? Uh, the challenges of Haiti, the challenges of Haiti are manifold. On the one hand, Haiti, Haiti has the most glorious history of any country really in the world, in the sense that we hear of Spartacus. Started the revolution against the Romans, yeah. you know, the slave revolution, and they have movies about that. Yeah. But Spartacus was caught and he was killed. Yeah, he won. Yeah. The, the revolution was not successful. Mm-hmm. The Haitian story is the only successful slave revolution in the world. Well, they actually fought and actually got the freedom. And fought and won. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yet, most, you know, of course, Bruno here is an ICM file, so he knew about it, but a lot of people don't know about that history. That's not something that is taught to your average black kids. We are taught about George Washington, we taught Christopher about uh, Rousseau, we no. talked about Bonaparte, we talked about all those people who have nothing to do with us in our yeah. color. Yeah. yeah, you have to send them to decide that these are Haitian heroes, people who actually fought and won against the white people, but the books that we're reading are mostly written by white missionaries. Never thought of that. Absolutely. So they don't yeah, mention heroes. those things. Heroes. They don't mention those things about who we are. Just like in the United States, they don't mention uh, many of the African heroes yeah. uh, who were literally fighting. It's almost as though before the white men settled, in Africa, there was no civilization. Yes, yes, like we didn't exist. You didn't exist. Yeah. You know? uh, so you have the silly movies like um, Tarzan. Tarzan. Mm, in white. Tarzan. <laughs> of course. Blue-eyed white man who talks to <laughs> animals. It's exploitation <laughs> movie. <laughs> so, and um, so it, it's what the white man does best is marketing. Mm-hmm. Okay, they market stuff so well, they could sell you. Pigeons' feces and put it in a nice little box <laughs> and make you eat it as butter. Yeah. That's funny, but it's true. <laughs> yeah, and then we, we would buy it too. Yeah, you'd find you know from the whole government here buying it. Saying, oh my God! Yum, yum, yum. And they bring putting it in, in and music have, video. And they have very beautiful brochure, color, pigeon butter, baby. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you'd be like wow, this is something nice. With histories there, funny things. <laughs> So they're brilliant marketers. They're brilliant marketers. And that marketing genius that they have, they instill it in everything else, particularly history. Because most black people don't know the history of black people. Yeah, true. Um, it's a hidden, it's hidden. 
in Kenya, I'm sure you've taken Western civilization. In college, do you, have you not? Yeah. They're speaking very fluent English, yeah? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Fluent English. Yeah. Like, I, for me, I, I, my, my dad was an English professor. Mm -hmm. So he yes. teach at the Nairobi yeah. University. Mm -hmm. So at our house, mm -hmm. we're encouraged to speak in English. Mm -hmm. So if you speak in your, like, I'm Bukusu, my mm -hmm. tribe is Bukusu, mm -hmm. and I barely speak Bukusu. Because my dad was like, you have to speak English. Correct English, not yeah, English. Which is, I'm trying to learn now. I, I can hear, I can understand, but I can't speak as fluently. And that is the tragedy of the marketing genius of the white man. Because if you speak Bokusu, is that the name of the language? Yeah. yeah. That would imply that you are inferior. Mm. Everything about us, they put it in a way that seemed inferior. Our color. So people here and throughout the United States and throughout the world feel the need to lighten their skin. Because we are told that our skin is bad. Even in the language, somebody who has a dark heart is evil. Yeah. If you are showing any pictures to kids, um, the devil, the devil black. is always black. Black cat is unlucky. Black cat is black, black you know, black, black market. Mm. Black bald. Yeah, black everything. Okay, or black out. When in fact it's not the black that's out, it's the white that's out. <laughs> yeah. The white's out. It's it not should be a white out because the black's in. The black's in now. <laughs> that is so funny. Man. But language has a psychological impact on your on you and your subconscious and it makes you react in a way that either makes you strong or make you inferior. So a lot of black kids are suffering from inferiority complexes. And the parents encourage that for example yeah you see black kids given blonde dolls yeah. white blonde dolls blue eyed white blonde blue eyes white blonde white blonde dolls there's nothing wrong with that if you give the kid a variety of dolls yeah at least imagine a white kid just close your eyes for a minute if you're listening to this right now imagine you're seeing a white person, a white child, with a black doll. It seems bizarre, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Doesn't it seem bizarre? Yeah. Another bizarre thing. <laughs> but it's normal for a black yeah, kid to be is. having a white doll, and we don't see anything wrong with it. Seeing a black couple with a white kid seems yeah, bizarre. Yeah. You're like, why is that black kid with the white? Why is that? Why is the, the, the black, black kid? Why is the black with the white kid with the black, black couple? Yeah. But the, the reverse it seems normal. Like normal. A lot of things that are normal to us is because we 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 have taken uh, in this marketing genius genius of the people, and we see it as normal. And for a black person, unfortunately, to be educated doesn't mean to learn only. It means to unlearn certain things. That's when you to be educated means to unlearn. For a black person, it's not. It shouldn't just mean to learn. You need to learn. Yeah. It also means to unlearn. Emancipate yourself from mm. this level. Yeah. It's almost like a, a catharsis, like a, a ritual. You need to remove certain things that you've learned that is not good for your psyche, for your person. There's nothing wrong with learning English and speak proper English, but there's something wrong with not speaking Bakato. Bokusu. Bokusu. Yeah. There's something wrong with not speaking um, you, you, the language of your mother. 
There's something wrong with not knowing the history of your people. There is something wrong with not learning other things in addition, as I say, in addition to, but not in, instead of. Mm. What they've done, they've removed everything that we, they want us to, 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 to remove everything that, that are ours and adopt theirs. Yeah. But who knows better than somebody else about their own culture than you are? So if you, you don't speak Bokuso with your kid, when you're disciplining your kid in the so-called broken English that you speak, the kid is not going to respect you. You're lucky your father was a college professor, so he could smack you around in, in perfect English, and that would be fine. But if your father insisted that you speak only English and not speaking Bokuso, and he doesn't speak English himself, and that happens sometimes, yeah. you're not going to respect his disciplining because you would feel that he doesn't have the... He's not speaking properly. Mm. You'd be embarrassed of him when your friend yes. shows up at the house. Yes. You see, that creates inferiority complexes that we're still suffering from today. You have a lot of people who want to marry or white men or white women just because they want kids that have a little... Um, a tinge of white. A tinge of white. As they say in Haitian Creole, people who have skin that looks like doo-doo. Mm. Shit. Oh, for real. That's yeah. how they call it. Yeah, and that's how proud we are as Asians. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, because your, your color looks like shit. That's yeah. you, you're happy about yeah. it. Yeah. You know? yeah there's, but how do you unlearn? You unlearn by using the same tools that you've learned from the white man. By marketing yourself. When I was a kid in the United States, um, when I was growing up in the United States, um, there were signs everywhere that were saying black is beautiful. Oh, there were signs signs that were saying you know the NAACP the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People yeah were marketing signs saying black is beautiful just that little statement like black lives matter yeah like yeah you need that so it gets into your subconscious it gets into your subconscious and after a while you react when you see a dark when, you know you see you hear a lot of hip hop songs or R&B songs talk about dark chocolate brother and mm -hmm. you know that melanin whatever yeah. those things we need them you don't find white people saying that because they don't need them you know first of all as I've said last week and last time we talked when you close your eyes as a black person yeah to pray who do you see a white man that is ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, we, 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 but we watched the, the Jesus movie. It doesn't matter. We are the only race. That the pray. Jesus movie was enough <laughs> we to are, give you that image. We are, we are the only race that prays to a God that doesn't look like us. Think about that. The Chinese pray to their God. Looks like them Buddha. Doesn't look like white men. The Indians, the Krishna God, doesn't look like a Chinese person. But us? Jesus we pray, movie. We pray to a white man. <laughs> and, 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 but, but one thing, first of all, if you're a Christian, I don't want you to feel offended. I want you to be educated because <laughs> Jesus is from the Middle East. Yeah, we go. Okay. Yeah. And his friends <laughs> named are Peter, Pierre in French, um, Paul, Matthew, Mathieu in French. His name, <laughs> his friends should have been named Abdul or something else, and they should look darker. Mm. But what they did, it wasn't, it was under, I think it was 
Pobodia yeah in the 1500s that decided to have a painting of Jesus that looks like his son um what was his name again my god anyway the son of Borgia if i if i remember i'll i'll tell you what it is uh -huh. um that's that's what this version of Jesus looks like but before that that's not the color that they had for Jesus mm. it was more yeah, of a darker person different like curly hair like that that blonde hair person that was not yeah, yeah yeah have you ever seen a blonde um middle eastern person they look more like egyptians or darker yeah yeah, yeah. but as guys we should have our own movies putting this as a bit darker or something if if i as a black person i'm writing a script about jesus you better believe he's gonna be darker he's not gonna be a blonde person mm. but you know what's sad about it christians are messed up because the christians won't even accept that jesus they would feel offended that you would put a Jesus that's black. That's an they would. That's an assumption. But uh, no, 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 no. It's, it's very, it's very difficult to, to, to. You see, emotions. <laughs> Just like any anything that has to do with emotions is very dangerous to change. People cannot change their emotions that easily. You cannot tell a Christian person not to be a Christian anymore. People kill for religion. Yeah, true. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Even Muslims. It's, it's hard. Even, because yes. you really believe it. And yes. think, think about it. If there's one God, and we all believe that there has to be one God, if you, if you, somebody believe that. So the Muslims believe they're right. The Christians believe they're right. The Hindus believe they're right. The, you know, what do you do? But at least one thing we could all agree on, that nobody knows what God looks like. Yeah. But since Jesus was a human person, and he was born in the Middle East. We can at least deduce that he's not European looking. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. In Kenya they say surely. 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 If he was born. Surely. <laughs> and what does surely mean? In, like obviously? Uh, I don't even know. Yeah. Something like obviously. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's clear that he's yeah. not. Okay. Well surely. Like no debate. Shuali. Yeah. Then a surely. <laughs> <laughs> so so back to Haiti. Haiti, um, you know, yeah. So they they drove out the the French. Was it? This is what happened with Haiti. You know, the whole system, the economic system at that time was basically um, agriculture yeah. and agriculture based, but slavery. That was the engine for the. For, that's what was driving the economies of France, England, Spain, Portugal. Um, yeah, I think these are the four suspects, major suspects at that time. So the the superpower at that time was Spain. Oh, like the global superpower. Global superpower. Spain um, was the global superpower. So just for the benefit of everybody else, since we have a few minutes, let me just start by saying that um, Columbus was just a young man who, you know, he was born in Italy. Yeah. And he, just like any young man at that time, heard about spices from India. And he wanted to get into in the business because just like some young men in, in Kenya now, wants to go to America to, you know, to fulfill their dream. Because in, in fact, as intelligent as you guys are, if you get to America, you will fulfill your dreams because you won't be smoking, mm -hmm. doing nonsense, and give you like two, three years. Mm -hmm. 
to probably be, you know, having your own apartment and start working, probably find yourself an American girlfriend if you're not married. Get some American kids. <laughs> and then next thing you know, you're doing much better than somebody who's even born there. Yeah. Because it's what's in your mind that makes you not what you are. Yeah. So Columbus wanted to get into the thing and eh, he couldn't do it and he went to Spain and tried to talk to the um to the the king the king and he could not and finally he got to the queen and says okay if you help me i will name everything for the glory of spain and the queen sold some jewelry and decided to fund his expedition mm. to get them to go to india because before <laughs> Before that, Europeans were eating meat just boiled with water, and that's it, and salt. Uh, central province, though. No taste whatsoever. It's called Tumbukiza. <laughs> Tumbukiza, indeed. It's a place called is. Central Province. Uh, <laughs> that's where they eat like that? Huh? Kinda. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not going to get into ethnic strife. <laughs> I'm not going to get into politics, <laughs> Kenyan politics here. <laughs> So they were eating boiled food. They were eating boiled food. That's what they were eating. And no cabbages, no potatoes. Nothing. No, they were boiling the cabbages. They right? bo they boiling them, but they have no they didn't have spices, spices for them. But the elite knew that they were spices because they've tasted them. All right. They knew that it was like it was a secret? precious gold. Well, they didn't have much. All right. They didn't have much because it was a dangerous. Route to go there, and there were even rumors. Since you know, at that time, people were very superstitious. There were rumors of of monsters and that just would eat your boat and yeah. whatever. So Columbus was a very ambitious young man, just like every young man, you know, at that time. And he finally got his expedition funded. And there were two other Span Spaniards, uh, the Penson's brothers, who provided two boats. So now they had three boats, mm -hmm. La Pinta, La Nina, and La Santa Maria. Mm -hmm. Those three boats, La Nina and La Santa Maria. Santa Maria. Yeah. So those three boats decided to go to India. Remember I was talking about marketing earlier? Yeah. How white people market things? Yes. They could sell you pigeon doodoo and then <laughs> make you eat it as, as pigeon butter baby <laughs> pigeon butter <laughs> Columbus instead of going east homeboy with all his infinite brilliance went west he got lost oh he got lost and he ended up in America when I say America I don't mean the United States the Americas in the, the Americas so he got up the first place he landed was in the Bahamas Oh. And he called the place San Salvador. I speak Spanish, so San Salvador means uh, saint, savior saint. Mm -hmm. You know, salvation saint. So he's come with salvation, in other words. No, 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 because he was going to get lost. The, um, the, 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 the seas were rough, and they didn't know where they were going. So when they saw land, they said, that's our salvation. So they were oh, happy. Oh, yeah, yeah. San Salvador. Yeah. Yes. So he called that first little island San Salvador mm -hmm. and then he moved further north and he ended guess where Haiti yes Haiti yes December 4th 1492 
So, going back to the marketing, because I'm not letting my cousins off the hook, Christopher Columbus is known as the great navigator. Yeah. Think about it. The guy got lost. <laughs> I mean, this is ridiculous. <laughs> the great navigator got lost. Into. <laughs> great. But we, you know what's funny about it? We as black people, we're still repeating that crap. Columbus was not a great navigator. He got lost. Mm. He was supposed to go to India. When he found the inhabitants of the people who were in the land of IT at that time, that's what the Indians call it. Yeah. He called them Indians because he thought he was in India. Oh, he him in his mind he thought he was in India. Yeah, that's why he called him in what what he thought he's landed in India. That's why that's what the great navigator thought he landed in India. That's why he called the people Indians. He called the natives Indians. Yeah, but we're worshiping him. We're worshiping him as the great navigator still. Yeah. Because who writes history? The winners. We ha- we s- we even have Columbus Day in the United States. He says he repeat that. Repeat that. Huh? Who writes history? I can't hear. He who writes history is the winners. Mm, yes, the 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 winners always write history. That doesn't mean that the history is right. Absolutely not. Yes. That's why I say, as a black person. You don't only have to learn, but you have to unlearn. Because the history, the, the history that you learn is based, is, 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 is written through the prism of somebody else. Like you're wearing glasses right now, Emmanuel. Yeah. So if your glasses are white glasses, you see history that way. Yeah, true. And I'm challenging everybody to see history through the black prism. How could somebody who got lost misnamed the inhabitants of that place mm-hmm. be called still a great navigator okay yeah, irony makes no sense but we as parrots are repeating the same nonsense because who, who writes the history books i think you have to think things through man yes so let's continue with haiti i just wanted to get to the great navigator for a minute yeah. here. <laughs> very important <laughs> so Basically, the people he found there were native people. He called them Indians. And, and on that land, they organized, they had five different tribes. The Guadalcanagaric people, the... Um, all the names, are, I'm missing all the names now, but they had Guadalcanagaric, they had a woman, Anakaona, who was uh, heading one, one um, part. They have... Um, um, I think there were five of them. Five, they call them Kasika, five different regions All right. on the island, the whole island. And the Indian people welcome the, Colum- the, the, the Columbus people. They navigate. The navigators, they welcome them very well. No problem. But as usual, you know how the colonizers do things. Yeah. You know the way okay. it goes. They decide, same script <laughs> same script different 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 <laughs> island different islands so they suddenly decide you know what you are praying to the sun you are praying to whatever they get you with religion because they, they when they travel they have the sword on one hand and the bible on another hand so as black people when i see the bible it offends me to a certain extent not that i cannot appreciate that there are things in the Bible that are good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But white people have used the Bible throughout history mm-hmm. as a means to colonize us. 
So by the time you close your eyes and pray with them, they're already stealing your land. Yeah. When you close your eyes. You close your eyes, you kneel, and then your land is gone. So you pray with the eyes open. <laughs> pray with your eyes open. But no one warned you. No, not, not next to a white no man. No one told you. Yeah, that's what they did. Yeah. The Indians were praying to God, whatever, and they close your eyes, you wake up, you're gone. Your wife is gone too, and your daughter. Damn. So, basically, they captured some of the Indians, they brought them back to Spain to show them, mm-hmm. showcase them, saying to um, Queen Isabella at that time, yes, we discovered this land, this new land. We have those people, still think they're in India, by the way. Oh, they still thought that that's India. Yeah, but now they found something better than spices. Gold. Oh. Yes, they found gold. They brought gold. People couldn't believe this. They brought gold. Let me say, pure gold. Pure gold. Mm-hmm. So, Isabella, the king and Ferdinand and all of them, decided that, you know what, we're going to double down. They brought back people now. More priests to go. They had all kinds of people. And one of the priests who went there, was his name was Las Casas. Yes. Las Casas came and, you know, he tried to convert the Indians and all that. And Columbus created a base uh, in Haiti. Mm-hmm. And decided to travel more to see more lands. All right. See more gold. More gold. And when he came back, the people had already raped the Indians. Oh, oh yeah, of course. Awesome. Yeah, they did less than human, of course. You know, they raped the Indians. They don't know a bunch of things. Las Casas did not want that to happen that much. And guess what? He decided to. He pleaded with the Queen of uh, Spain that we should protect the Indians. In less than 25 years, The whole population of Haiti had about a million Indians. Yeah. In less than 25 years, almost all that population was eradicated because they had put the Indians to work the field to mine gold for them. And the people died of disease, of... The diseases they came with. Yeah, they came with. Syphilis and all kinds of stuff. Gonorrhea, man. Of course. And then that's when they decided, you know what? We're going to go to the coast of Africa mm. and get some of our ancestors. So they repopulated Haiti? They repopulated Haiti with black people from West Africa. To work on the farms. To work on the farms in the field. <laughs> Back to the field, the strong ones. I think Humundus. These guys, we don't have guys who can Okay. Sad. Yeah, so they went to the coast of Africa and fetched some black people. Yes. And what they will tell you, they will tell you that um, there was slavery in Africa. That's what the white men will tell you. Yes. There were wars in Africa and people were taken prisoners or so-called slaves. But not in a way that you are a subhuman person. Just like in any war, you know, you take slaves or whatever. But they, so those people were, uh, there were, they, they paid Africans to fetch black people. Oh, yeah, to get into the inland and, and then, then and, 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 and sell them. Because, you know, it's like, it's John Locke, uh, you yeah. know. Uh, you sell your enemies, like if Bruno's tribe is my enemy, I go yeah. 
exactly. capture them and I go sell them. Exactly. So they populated Haiti with those people. And after a while, you know, we have to remember that the major players I said were France, England, yeah. mm -hmm. Spain, and Portugal. Okay? Yes. But Spain was the superpower. So very soon, France wanted to get in the game. Because so, we're seeing these guys are getting cold. Absolutely. So you had French pirate boats on the high seas and English pirate boats who were trying to, you know, to, 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 to fight with the, the boats that were returning to Spain with, with goods. Yeah. So eventually things got so bad that uh, the French were ceded one third of Haiti just as a ransom. In other words, you know what? We're going to give you one third of that island. Leave us alone. So one third of Haiti was given to French. Just so, so the raiding parties and the raiding. Yeah. So we don't. Yeah, because they, you know, they finally settled in the northwest northwest point of Haiti. Though the Philip, the the, the pirates end up ended up settling in the northwest part of Haiti of the whole island. Yeah. So, and they had a, in 1791 on the on the on the treaty called Rizwick Treaty, they they. Um, Spain ceded one third of the island to France, and then they kept two thirds for themselves. So that for one, peace. Huh? for the sake of peace, yeah, for the sake of peace. So that one third of the island becomes what is Haiti today. So Spain was taking was dealing with the western part, but the Spain, what they were doing, they were doing cattle. All right, they were doing cattle, and French decided to do sugarcane plantation. So the other side is the Dominican Republic? Exactly. That's why the, the Dominicans are lighter than the Haitians. Mm. Cattle, when you're doing cattle, you are in closer proximity to your masters. Mm -hmm. When you're planting sugarcane, you're not. Sugarcane, you're in the hot sun. I don't know if you, have, if you, you guys have ever seen a sugarcane yes. plantation. Yes. It's brutal work. The, yeah. the, the, the leaves could cut you. Yes. It, it's, <laughs> it's hard work. The average black person was not, was not able to see his 35th birthday. Because of the, the work. The work was hard. Whereas on the other side, with the cattle, this, although the Indians were still enslaved over there but they intermingled with the white people because they were with the white masters because they were doing a work that was a little bit lighter mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that they were not enslaved so the there was more unchristian activities happening between those two they had a softer life kind of yeah and that's why too they did not revolt mm -hmm. <laughs> you understand all right yeah because um it is through hard work in misery that you would raise a Mandela. Yeah. You know, you don't, <laughs> you, if you've been nice, nobody's going to fight against you, but if you're putting your neck against somebody's thing, they might bite your toes. True. So, those slaves, if, I mean, at, the, at one point, France, just on that one third part of the island, became the richest country in Europe. Because just by feeding off that piece. Because of that. Because sugar was such a new commodity, was such an important thing. 
and the Haitians, the French found a way that, that you see how you talk about German ingenuity, French ingenuity in slavery was such brutal, such brutal machine mm. that they managed to export sugar all over the world. It's almost like they were the Saudi Arabia of oil at that time. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. And more slaves were coming from, from Africa. More slaves yeah. were coming. More slaves were coming. And they were dying. They were coming. So eventually, in 1791, 1791, a group of slaves decided, you know what? The hell with this nonsense. We're going to burn those sugar plantations. And they started this revolution. They burned a bunch of plantations and they went and hide in the mountains. Mm-hmm. They call them the Maroons. They went and hide in the mountains. That's the beginning of the Haitian Revolution. For 13 years, they were fighting with those people until, but they were like, you know, sporadic little guerrilla warfare. Guerrilla right. warfare. It wasn't until one slave by the name of Toussaint Louverture, that's one name that every black person should know. Forget about Colombo. Toussaint Louverture. I should go read about it. Yeah, you go read about it. Toussaint, T-O-U-S-S-A-I-N-T. L'ouverture is L apostrophe O-U-V-E-R-T-U-R-E. Toussaint L'ouverture. There are plenty of books that are written about him. And he is like the Spartacus of modern days. Mm-hmm. Toussaint L'ouverture was a slave who, he was a coachman. I don't know if you know what a coachman is. You know how they they didn't have cars. They the guys were, would drive the coach. He drive the coach. He was a coachman, and he was a coachman for uh, this French settlers in in, in 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 Haiti at that time. They didn't call Haiti Haiti at that time. They call it Saint Domingue, right. San Domingo. That's what they called it at that time. And Chris Toussaint was driving his coach, and one day the brother of uh, the owner of the plantation was visiting and he was a priest and he said does Toussaint know how to read he says no he said oh well you should teach him how to read and he gave Toussaint that book and that's in the book Toussaint started reading about Spartacus by the way <laughs> he read about Spartacus yes he taught himself how to read yeah and he read about Spartacus okay and he was sort of a self-taught medicine men that used to treat the, the horses and all that basically was taking care of the horses and eventually his masters gave him his freedom mm. he was sort of you know Tristan didn't have it bad as a slave okay he was what you call a house slave in a sense so when that thing happened when the slaves revolted in 1791 Tristan went and visited the the slaves who were having the ceremony in the in the in the mountains it's almost like you're black but you work with white people but there's something happening that's kenyan yeah but you want to go check it out not that you support it but yeah. you just you know check it out to say we got there this is to say we need you man mm-hmm. and they had this pact what they did they you have to remember they're africans so they killed a pig and they took the blood of the pig and then they passed it around for everybody to drink, like an oath. Yeah. So the Haitians wanted to make a pact, so they killed that pig, and they drank the blood and tell everybody to basically decide freedom or death. Mm. Toussaint heard them, 
I think I don't know. I'm not sure if he drank the blood or if he agreed at that time. But no, he didn't take a double. Of- eventually, he did not naturally go there. But when things ha- started happening, okay, they <laughs> they went to his master, trying to kill him. His ma- his master. I mean, his former master and his brother. So he tr- he saves them. Mm-hmm. Eventually, um, Toussaint joined the the people and since he was educated he started to strategize he gave him strategy and he he basically worked so well with them that eventually in 1803 there was a big battle the slaves won they kicked out the french did they have guns they had guns of course they they would invade armories and steal oh, guns nice. they, all kinds of stuff they did whatever they had to do and eventually won and guess what they did the first thing that they did in 1803 when they won the independence and on january 1st 1804 that's by the way that's the independence of official independence day of haiti 1804 18 january january 1st Oh, yeah. First. January 1st, 1804. Okay? That's really dope. And uh, January 1st. What they did, beside the fact that, oh, in 1803, they took the French flag. It's white, blue, and red. They removed the white from the flag. Mm-hmm. And they kept the red as symbol of the blacks. And the blue as, I mean, the blue as symbols of the blacks and the red as symbol of the mixed race people of Haiti. Mm. So that's why we have a blue and red flag. Oh, right. So they removed the flag. And then they, they said, this is our new country now. And they changed the name of the country to what? Haiti. To Haiti. The original Indian name. So basically, we, 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 we elevated the Indians again. Yeah. Think about it. Former slaves yeah. say, no, no, no. What you did to the Indians were wrong. So we're going to call the country back to its original yeah. name. That's the people that you killed called. So the first people who acknowledge the Indians, I mean, oh, the so-called native people in the new world was the Haitians. So the French didn't send a Namada to that's, that's take coming. the... No, they were scared. They didn't do anything. I'm going to tell you what happened now. And... <laughs> So when Haiti became independence, one of the things that we put in our constitution, anybody from anywhere, by the way, I'm, I was, I'm just focusing on Haiti, throughout all of Americas, okay, since you guys are from here, you may not visualize the geography of America. You have the United States and Canada and Mexico, they are in North America. You have Haiti, Cuba, Puerto Rico, Jamaica, uh, um, Trinidad, Montreal, a bunch of little islands. Mm-hmm. That's the Antilles, okay? And then you have Central America, which is Costa Rica, San Salvador, El Salvador, I'm El Salvador, um, Costa Rica, Nicaragua, Panama, and all that. These are Central America. And then you have South America. South America is Colombia, Brazil, um, Chile, um, Argentina. All so I'm just giving you a quick... Yeah. To me, as an American, meaning somebody from the Americas, just like you guys are African, yeah. I don't want you to see just the United States as America. Mm. The United States of America. Yes. Okay? Just like Kenya, to me, is not just Africa. And it offends me when people say, you know, I'm from Africa. What do you mean yeah. you're from Africa? Are you from Zimbabwe or are you yeah. from Kenya? Yeah. You know, Africa has 53 countries in it, right? America has 37 countries in it. 
So, including the United States, including the United States. Yeah. yeah. So Haiti at that time, that's what was happening in Haiti. But in the rest of America, slavery was happening big time. The Brazil, the, the the Portuguese were literally having a big horse in in furnishing Brazil with black people for slavery. The, the the Spaniards were still doing things in Argentina. They were doing things in all those places. In the United States, of course, in the North, was still enslaving blacks. So Haiti was the only admin out. In 1804, we kicked out the French. We declared ourselves independent. And we say, anybody who sets foot on Haiti is free. Oh, for real. <laughs> so we are the first country that created that it was like an uh, an island of, uh, of freedom absolutely. so you just need to get there just get there that's it you're there you're free what do you think spain france england would do thank god for haiti at that time they were fighting with each other mm. <laughs> because they were fighting with each other in europe you know so they sort of the french like you know what napoleon said you know too much because we have to deal with Alexandria, Egypt. Because you know, at that time he was yeah. there too. Uh, if you studied world history, yeah. you know that. So he says, you know what? Let's we'll deal with Haiti later on. So in the meantime, Haiti was doing its thing with you know trying to establish uh, or just con- whatever of country of country normally. The United States, of course, would not recognize Haiti at that time. You know, all the American heroes like Jefferson and people like that that white people write as the great freedom fighters fighters they would not deal with haiti they were racist they didn't want to deal with haiti like you know no these people are going to give bad ideas to the blacks here in the united states we want to deal with them so basically a big embargo on haiti big embargo on haiti nobody would recognize haiti so haiti went spend blacklisted we were like the isis of the 19th century at that time Mm. And that's 1804. That's the beginning of the 19th century. Because you're thriving. Just because you say you have to be free. You don't want to be owned by another person. So, eventually, Haitians started to export the revolution. We, people would come from other places, from Cuba, from wherever, to get weapons and, and help from Haiti. And so it was like a base. It's like a base. So basically, Haiti was like, as far as the Spaniards and the whatever are concerned, Haiti was a bad news. We were like the Taliban. Like those guys are crazy. Yeah, no crazy. I mean, they like crazy. There, they, don't go there. Yeah, don't go there. Not they'll just kill that. you. Not just no, no. We don't want them to exist. Period, because they are bad influence on our slaves. Because the All whole right. system was based on slavery, and these people kicked themselves out. Why do you want to recognize a black person? Yeah. So, twenty-one years later. Mm-hmm. France decided that, you know what, uh, we've been fighting in Europe for so long, so France and England decided to have peace. So now they went back to Haiti, 21 years later. And well, our, our guy, was he around? Who? Sparta, Haiti. No, at that time, no, they've already, he's already, they, he's they, took, him, already? they took him in a rules. They said, when he was fighting, they took him in a rules. They said that uh, he was, they wanted um, to, to deal, to, to have peace with him. That's what white people always do, I'm sorry to say. It may sound like I'm racist, I'm not. It's the truth. 
they took him they said oh, they're going to come and negotiate with you and they kidnapped him and they brought him to france yeah there and you know how we are we believe everything same thing happened to yeah. same thing happened to anandi we have a uh, we have a, a chief called mm-hmm. uh, remember the nandi warrior all or something yeah so they the british went you know the same strategy it's the same thing like come we talk and yeah we talk yeah right yeah yeah and they kidnapped them and they put them in jail arab samoy that was his name same thing so yeah. they take two over to you and then whatever but you can kill a revolutionary but you cannot kill a revolution okay you can kill a warrior but you cannot get rid of a war you see what i'm saying so he had already trained those people so when they got him and put him in the uh in the jail in montjura in france desaline another one came up hmm. so this one was a field slave Toussaint was not um, a field slave so he would negotiate he's like nope no good negotiation he come with something called coupe field slave is the bad yeah he says the bad version exactly so he, he started this thing called coupe tete bulekai coupe tete bulekai meaning cut their head off burn the house that was his politics there's no jokes nope no jokes so he went crazy that's how we got independence so now that's afresh now after the french have come back no 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 that's that's, that's before that you, that's before all right all right so no haiti has got independence all with right. this guy doing all that all you, right you had asked me about to yeah, yeah all yeah. right so 21 years later with the french came haiti was you know doing his thing but he didn't have trade with anybody else can you imagine a country for 21 years you have no trade with anybody else like nobody recognizes you yeah for you to be a country you have to be recognized by other countries existing countries um the newest country in the world is i think south southern South sudan. sudan remember you know other countries had to recognize it for it to be a country otherwise you're just a bunch of people yeah like yeah like somaliland right now yeah. exactly yeah or the palestinian yeah. yes you know so you have to be recognized by the international community then you have ambassadors you have exchanges that's how you become a country nobody recognized Haiti. france came 21 years later with 200 warships 200 warships it's an armada an armada exactly napoleon yeah 200 warships and put it in the bay of port-au-prince and says you know we give you 48 hours okay to basically stand down or pay us otherwise we're going to invade and re-establish slavery they wanted damages for their properties and guess who the properties were slaves yes so they wanted damages for those properties <laughs> in other words <laughs> what kind of nonsense is that yeah did someone ask him that check it. what kind of nonsense is that <laughs> so the thing i'm saying is that that kind of history cannot be taught by <laughs> those colonizers because it shows the evil yeah it, 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 the, the, the ball i mean what kind of 
Third of all, you've 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 taken me from my country, <laughs> yeah. right? Taken me to an island, and okay. then you've walked me like a and horse. Parents, yes, yes, and everyone I know. Yeah. And then now you leave. Then you come back. Then you want me to pay you back? Yes, this pay me back. My family, my culture, my, my, my Rape my women. Rape yes. Women. Okay, and my children. Yeah. Change my language or something like that. Yeah? And decide. Okay, if you don't do that, I'm going to invade. By the way, I should say to you, when Haiti became independent, yeah, it did not just liberate the the Haitian part; it also drove out the Spain, the Spaniard, on that west side. All right, so oh, yeah. they drove those guys out. Oh too. yeah, but it was out. <laughs> so everyone was free on the island. Yes, the whole island was free. The whole island was free. Mm. The people were doing their thing. We did, you know, but the th- third part, whatever. So when France decided to do that, the president of Haiti at that time, his name is Jean-Pierre Boyer, he decided that, well, you know, this is real politics. We have no choice. We have to agree to their terms, not to reinstate slavery. France decided that, you know what, you're going to pay us as damages $21 billion. By then, do you know what is that? No, at that time it was one hundred million francs um gold francs i think what come to about 21 billion dollars today's currency yeah dollars 21 billion dollars for a little country at that time haiti population was maybe two millions at that time yeah so per capita everybody had a <laughs> two million dollar or i don't know dictated 21 billion divided by three and you see how per capita debt was mm. french has that bullshit kind of thing it goes to all the Francophone countries and they charge them colonization fee. What nonsense is that? <laughs> That's another subject. But anyway. <laughs> he, had, he just had let that out. <laughs> so, Haiti was paying that debt to France until 1946. How many years? From 18... From 18... Uh, 20, I mean, we got independence in 1804, um, 21 years later, so that's um, 1825. From 1825 to 1946, we were paying friends. So money, you whatever is made to yeah. friends? Basically, every dollar or that should have come to the development of Haiti, yeah. to the development of the Haitian individual, went to France and for people to have the audacity now to say well you know Haiti is poor Haiti is not poor Haiti is, is impoverished mm-hmm. there's a big difference by these things yeah. but it's like when people say okay you know Kenya has a poor country no Kenya is impoverished yeah impoverished is when somebody makes you poor yes intentionally yes it's like having a huge tick just yes sucking you con- absolutely continuously uh, let, 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 let me let me give you a quick a quick example what country is the biggest exporter of of chocolate? Not 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 co- cocoa, chocolate like sweet chocolate. Switzerland. Switzerland. Switzerland, yeah. Does Switzerland have cocoa? Yeah. Exactly. They don't have any cocoa. Yeah. Most cocoa comes from Ghana. Okay. Finally, somebody in Ghana has some serious balls yeah. to say no more. That makes no sense. And that's what we've done. And that's what they've done to us. Nana. Most of. 
The European co- countries have no bauxite. They have no minerals. They have no nothing. But they just come and take, and then they tell you you pour. Yeah. Then they re- they process it and sell it back at fifty-eight times. It makes no times. sense. <laughs> and they make you feel like you're stupid. Yeah. Of course, you're stupid for letting them. So now, hey, so the, 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 they clear the debt, so these yeah, guys just decided to We finished, to we stop finished paying. paying them in 1946. 1946, just yesterday, in history, yeah. in historical terms. 1946. And these guys were just receiving the money even yeah. just receiving as the money recently just as, 19 as, as 1946. Okay. In Spain, France, all of them, yeah, they were there bad. knowing that. But guess what? They wanted to make an example of Haiti because if Haiti was successful, it would have proven that a black country can take care of itself. Mm. It creates in the mind of other people that look at Haiti. Look how, you know, they got independence. Look what happened to them. Yeah. You see? And how about the, the, the third island? The, 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 the other side, what happened is that they did not want to participate in the payment. They're like, oh, we have nothing to do with it. The president said, no, you have nothing to do with it. I'll tell you. We invade them and occupy them. Invade who? The, 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 the other side. Also, they invaded? Of course. We occupied them for 19 years. All right. Yeah. So when they celebrate their independence, they celebrate their independence from Haiti. All right. And they cannot stand us for that. There's yeah. a big There's rift. a lot of bad blood, right? Absolutely big bad blood because... The closer you look to the oppressors or the colonizers, the more you feel like you are like them. So Dominicans have this superiority complex vis-a-vis Haitians. When in fact Haitians don't care about what uh, light you look. All we wanted to do is we liberated the whole island. You need to pay your fair share. They didn't want to. We had a stronger army. We invaded them and took care of it. And there's kind of some uh, discrimination. There's a there's a, a YouTuber, Kenyan famous YouTuber, who went to the Dominican Republic. Then he had a GoPro. You know, these vloggers. Mm-hmm. So he was recording himself. So he was grabbed by some cops and he was beaten up. They thought he was Asian. Yeah, I know. There so when they had his accent, they let him go. There, there, there's a lot better. Actually, one of the films that I wrote, one of the scripts that I wrote for movie is called The Island Between Our Love. Basically, it's a, it's a, the script is written in the context of a Dominican girl, I mean, a Dominican guy who's very light-skinned, who is in love with a Haitian girl who's very dark-skinned, but they met in the United States. Because in the United States, we don't care if you're light or, or dark, everybody's black. You see how, you know, people in certain countries like if you light then you think that no in the United States either you're black or white but if you light skin you're still black yeah, Obama style exactly any makes you black so that's the way it is in the United States that doesn't mean that people have their preferences some black guy prefer light skinned girls vice versa whatever who cares but you're seen as black so these two people were dating that's in the movie that i wrote the script and uh it's based on the history of the dominican republic in haiti mm. yeah so i take the history of haiti and i wrote a script on that mm-hmm. yeah, yeah the, the, m- huh? the, movie? the movie it's called the island between all of i'll show you the the 
you know, it wasn't movie theaters in Boston. Yeah. 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 Olivier is a serious Olivier. <laughs> it's a serious uh, movie. I mean, you're gonna tell us about your movies a little bit. Yes. As we go along, we've been doing for 51 minutes, which is good. I think we haven't even begun. Um, so, so that explains in my mind for the first time why, you know, Haiti is the way it is right now. Haiti is the way it is because all the resources of Haiti were literally stolen from France. Now, there's they, 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 have you ever seen that satellite image of of Haiti, where like all the trees are gone? Yeah, because when you when you have a people who are not educated. They're not trained. Resources are gone. And there's someone sucking you dry. And you don't have an infrastructure to cook. What do you think people are going to use to cook? They're going to use primitive ways. Yeah. They're going to cut the trees, dry them, and use charcoal to cook. That's just normal. But if they had gas, if they had things, you know, like stuff like that, they would not do that. It's not because Haitians are stupid that they do that. It's because that's the reality. People need to feed themselves. You can yeah. bl- you can blame somebody for wanting to stay to to, to 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 survive to survive, and they make it oh yeah you know look what Haitians just cut the trees like we don't know what uh, trees are important of course we know trees are important but eating is more important than trees yeah there are there are things that you call the basic you know the Maslow hierarchy of needs yeah. you know the number one need what do you think it is your personal Food. no no security Shield. no the, your personal security yeah absolutely. I'll give you an example. Let's say you have, I give you a bag that has a billion dollars in it. A billion dollars. Okay? And there's a big fire. You're about to burn. You think you're not going to leave this or you're going to, which one are you going to save? Yourself or the money? Yeah, you're going to save yourself. So personal security is the number one need. The second is the biological need. Need to sleep. Need to go to the bathroom. Need to eat. These are the most important needs after the security. So forget about education or, or beautiful woman, mm. sex. These are not needs that are that high. The need that everybody has is personal security. It doesn't matter if you have a beautiful house in Kenya. If there's a war here, you're leaving. Right? Yeah, true. Second, if anyone, while you're running, you're going to need to go to the bathroom. You can hold it. You need to go to the bathroom. <laughs> that's, the, that's a need. I was just Googling it. Uh, is the way other way around? Sorry. Huh? Is the other way around? What? Uh, the hierarchy of needs. According to the Google thing. Sorry. For oh, it says a personal aid. Biological is first. They say uh, physiological needs. Okay. Then, then security is second. Security is second. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The biological needs are first. That's true. Yeah. Biological needs are the number one. You have no choice. Mm, so yeah, these guys are just sorting out their need. Yeah. So in Haiti, when they look at the num- the things, People need to eat. You, you, you can't help it. That's the number one need. Yeah. If no, yeah. You can't blame so even now, these French guys are not thinking of paying no. now Haiti back. No, there's been a... Just say it. Just say it. You better just say it. Well, there is a movement now. Um, Aristide, the former president of Haiti. You remember? I'm sure you've heard that name. Aristide. Yes, yes, yes. He was one of the people that was pushing for France to pay the money back. Back. That money yeah, he was paying. He was pushing for that. He says, "You guys are a thief. You came and stole our our money. You need to pay it back." And you notice what happened to Aristide. He was deposed yeah. with the collusion of the United States and other Western powers. You know, so it's a political decision. Um, France can afford it. They should be able to pay Haiti back to do certain things. But what they do, they give you little crumbs, you know, or they inside they they send 
missionaries to pretend like they're helping you when in fact they come to exploit you. The Bible in one hand, you know, and some of sometimes they are CIA agents, sometimes they are yeah. whatever agents from the Mossad or wherever they come to just, you know, pretend to be helping, but they're not really helping. Think about it. How many Haiti has more NGOs than any other country per capita than in the in the whole world? I think India is the second one. Think about it. When Clinton was there with his giving Yeah, but let's thing. let's put the Clinton on the side. Even because Clinton is like yesterday, so I won't blame the problem already on the Clintons because that's no, I'm just saying he's one of the many NGOs there. Yeah, absolutely. But Haiti has more NGOs. So you think if these NGOs could solve problems, they wouldn't solve the Haiti yeah, problem? True. Seriously? Let me throw in something. Um, just want to just quick something easy. Obama is black, yeah? Sit down. What is it? Obama, Obama is black, yeah? And he had Obama. Obama is black, President Obama. Yeah. And he knew about Haiti, Haiti black people being oppressed. And he did nothing about it. But there's a question of Obama being a president, which is an institution. I, I don't understand what he's saying exactly. I didn't hear. Well, oh, you didn't hear him. No. He says Obama was is black, but no. he and he was president, and he didn't do much about it. Yeah, but Obama's an American. He's not an Haitian president. When you're a president, what does president means? You look the word preside, meaning you on top of something, just like he was saying. You are on top of an institution. Even I, if I were to become president of the United States, for example, there's not much I can do for Haiti. I will, I will call you. Like, you didn't even uh, like. No, it's no, like no. being a very good-natured. Uh, uh, a country's problem has to be resolved by the country's people. What I could do, I could create uh, an environment where there are not barriers against Haiti. In other words, if Haiti is trying to get a loan from the IMF, I'm not going to put terms that are ridiculous. Do you understand? But I'm now you need some other guys to also agree with draw, you to, draw, yeah. to those have, new policies. And right? as a president of the United States, you know, there's the Congress, the Senate, and the whole machination of politics that prevents you from doing certain things, even when you want to do them. Because if you go one way too far, then people who are supporting you are going to be against it. For example, Biden now, um, they were asking about, he was saying, you know, let's have Haiti. I was looking at the comments on YouTube, people saying, what about our problems here in America? We do have homeless people. We have people there. That's the way politics is. It's not like China where the premier could say, okay, therefore I declare this yeah. and that. That's the beauty of so-called democracy and also the drawback of democracy because nothing gets done that, you know, that radically. So uh, just to, you know, to fast forward, do you think um, like now the modern black person, mm -hmm. uh, you know, from America, in Africa, in France, in Europe, you think we're still going through um, some of these challenges which our ancestors were going through, like although in a lesser way, but some of these institutionalized challenges are still there right now. I think there's a big difference right now because there has been before there were a few people, just a few who were enlightening enough to be preaching the gospel of the new modern black person. You had um, Je um, James Baldwin. Um, I'm sure you've heard of him. Yeah. Yeah. Died recently, yeah. Yeah. Um, you have people like um, uh, Franz Fanon. 
Yeah. You have people like um, E.B. Du Bois in the United States. You have, you know, a a bunch of very, Nelson Mandela, of course, and, you know, many other African leaders that were. But now you have thousands and thousands and thousands of blacks, including young people, who are writing and, and doing things to ameliorate our view of ourselves. Um, there is a French philosopher called um, Descartes who coins this phrase, I think, therefore I am. Mm-hmm. Je pense, donc je suis. I think, therefore I am. The problem with us black is what we think we are is making us who we are. And we need to change what we think we are. We need to embrace our new self. The fact that this inferiority complex that they have put in our head, we need to chase it like COVID-19. We need to get rid of it. We need to be proud of who we are. We need to be proud of everything that is black. That doesn't mean you don't appreciate other people's stuff. I have been to France. I've been to England. I've been to Germany. I've been to a bunch of European countries. But I chose to come to Kenya. My One of my girlfriends is like, what are you doing in Kenya? You don't even like the food from what you said. Mm. I said, trust me, there's much more here than food. Yeah. You know, I want to know how Kenyans live. I want to know how people from East Africa live. Um, I want to eat the real Kenyan food because I know that Kenyan food cuisine is very influenced by Indian culture. Mm-hmm. I can taste that. I'm not too much of a lover of Indian food. Mm-hmm. So that way that makes me not like Kenyan food as much with mm-hmm. that I should like it. Whereas West African food, I love it because it doesn't have the influence. Yeah. It's more, more, what, what is it? More unique. No, it's more like closer to the people. How do you call that? More indigenous. All right. Will. All right. Yeah. It's just, a, you know, then again, I have other friends who love Indian food. They would have loved food here. Mm-hmm. So the taste don't matter. But the point I'm making is that for myself, I choose to be closer to Africa. And I encourage my friends, travel to Africa, go, you know, wherever. Because when black people in America are traveling, they go to Europe. But now with YouTube, with Facebook, with whatever, a lot of young people are going to places like Ghana, they're going to South Africa, they're yeah. going to Tanzania. The, the idea of Africa as one big country doesn't exist anymore to them. They, they now know that there are 53 countries different with different cultures. And within the cultures, you have, you know, lower tribe, you have different tribes, mm. you know, they, they're learning those things. So the I think, therefore I am, yeah. is becoming a reality to them. Because yeah. I see myself as a human being first, as a black person second and when I say a black person I'm saying universally as black as black as you as, as everybody else okay what does that mean that means that if somebody's going to mis- mistreat any human being I'm going to defend you whether you're white Chinese whatever Asian it doesn't matter because we're all children of God I'm going to defend any human being mm. but in that fight of defending human being my priority is black people <laughs> Because okay. that's who you are. Because that's who I am. Because our cousins, they defend themselves. They defend themselves so much that they've become racist and prejudiced. Because I've never heard any black person say, I don't want you to live in my neighborhood. Or I don't want you to date my daughter. Who does that? Or I don't want you to buy land here. I don't want you to buy land. 
they're the only one who does that. They, 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 they love yeah. themselves so much yeah. that they become racist, yeah. which is a dumb thing because when you're racist, you don't learn from other people. Yeah. Then you're stuck in this You're stuck chamber. in your little ignorant uh, uh, cocoon. You don't know anything. As I say, I'm a human being first. I will defend any exploitation of any race, including white, Asian, Indian, whomever. Yeah. But I'm a black person. And that's who I need to defend because we need the defense too. We need the defense because of all the races, we are the ones that have been more exploited. Africa has been raped because all the countries don't, all those, they don't have natural resources like we do. But they make us believe with their marketing that we cannot do certain things. We're dumb. When I went to the park yesterday, I was asking the guy, so who built this? He's like, Kenya built it. I said, oh, that's good. I didn't know that. I thought the colonizers built it when they were here mm. in the 60s. He said, no, we built it in, I think about what, 21 years ago, something he told me, I think. Mm. Uh, you know, I'm happy to hear that. You know, because we need to assert ourselves and do things for ourselves. That doesn't mean that we cannot collaborate with the Chinese to do things, but while the Chinese are building the, 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 the highway, we should learn their skills yeah. and keep them to ourselves so we could build our own damn yeah. bridge. Part of the contract should be you teach our Absolutely. engineers. Absolutely. And those engineers teach. better learn too. Yeah. And then you leave. Like uh, in our country, we have had a conversation with him when you come like our country, uh, we have little brilliant engineers, they study, they get A's, but they really Two metal bars running parallel. You have to bring the Chinese guys to come and meet for us. And make sense. I get that. Sometimes, sometimes you need to do because <laughs> learning and doing are two different things. You know, like yesterday when we were at the at the um, comedy show. Comedy show. You know, the girl got on the the girl who was uh, advertising her boyfriend's business yeah. for the birthday. She grabbed the microphone and she started talking and she was yelling in the microphone and then I said why is she yelling I said because she's not used to public speaking it's it's practice I mean you, you would think somebody got a microphone they would know how to speak but it takes some practice so that's what happens so they're learning the practice and I'm glad that your government wants them to learn uh, while they're on the job because that's how it should be um, you could learn in school, but until you do the thing practically, mm. it's hard to really get the thing. Another thing which I was thinking about when you're talking, because because uh-huh. um, you, you notice we are back to unlearning. Uh-huh. <laughs> we need some sort of, we need not even some sort of, we need black history being taught. Absolutely, like on its own, mm. like this lesson now it's black history. In the United States, what they do, they have one month. In the United States, in terms of black history, they have one month where they focus on black stuff. But now, thank God again for YouTube and all those things, a lot of things are being put there. You know, that uh, things about Haiti, things mm. about other people. And the intermarrying um, of different ethnic groups, Nigerians and Haitians and people from Kenya with people from South Carolina, you know, the world is getting smaller. And anybody who's racist is going to miss the boat. Because we all becoming what we should have been in the first place, human being. Before the 19th century, we didn't have um, the level of racism. Before the 18th century, I should say. We didn't have the level of racism that we had now. You know? It's, uh, 
that racism started with Leopold from um, Belgium. Belgium. King Leopold is the Hitler of, 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 of the, the ages. Of the ages. <laughs> It's true they talk about uh, the, uh, the Jews uh, massacre, the Holocaust, but they never talk about it. Yeah, but who's going to talk yeah. about it? As I say again, the winners write, write history. history. Okay? Yeah. So, if you want to write history, become the winner. That's why I think that black kids, when a black kid says, you know, when, sometimes I'm invited to speak at schools and stuff like that, and they say, so what do you think I should learn? I said, you know, you should learn something to make as much money as possible. Mm. Mm. That way, you could end up doing what you want to do. Because money, what is money anyway? Money is just a tool that, help you, that helps you to do what you want to do. Yeah. So if you want to help people, don't go into work for some stupid NGO because you don't want to get paid peanuts. That's not helping people. Go into the sciences. Go into whatever it is that makes money. Then you make a lot of money, but you don't change. Then you could use that money to make policy and help and fun things that you want to do and build schools and universities exactly. where you have this course exactly. called black history yeah exactly which is a compulsory <laughs> it's a compulsory unit absolutely yeah one of the main reason i write scripts for movies is that if you look at any western movies in general i don't know if you have that saying in Haiti, they say, you know, if they see a black person, they say, yeah, he's going to die soon in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys, you yeah, guys yeah, yeah, you say the same thing, right? I've heard that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. Even in movies. Because the black guy dies first. Why do you think that is? Still the same thing, Still like the killing the black man. No, even in movies. That's, that's not what it is. What it is? What, tell us. Because most of the scripts are written by white men. Oh. Think about it. Most of the scripts are written by white men. And what do you think the white man is going to do? Kill his own kind? No. Though he was going to be white because he's a white man. So why would he die? Why would he, you know, he sees the white person as negligible. Somebody who's going to help to bring, I mean, the, this, this is the way movies are for black people in general. You have a black friend that's just driving the story to its, whatever, to its logical whatever. And then the white person is the, the hero of the movie. Mm. When I write my scripts, You better believe the black person is the hero. Mm. He'll overcome all adversities. Well, whatever it is. So the white friend or whatever it is, is just part of the movie, but he's not going to be the hero per se. There are plenty of movies about white people being a hero. Yeah. Jesus, for crying out loud, is a hero. He's white. So we need more black people presented in a certain way. And also, I want to present black people in many ways in our natural state. Think about it. Four years ago, they had this movie called Wakanda, you, uh, whatever you, you heard about it. Black Panther. Black Panther. About a mythical place that doesn't even exist. Yeah. Okay. And black Americans in particular were so proud to just have this mythical place. Place to feel like, wow, you know, we're, we're running something because, you know, we have this um, vibranium. Vi vibranium that could just oh, kick so ass or whatever. Yeah. I mean, Black people are thirsty yeah. for us to feel like we could be on top because our God is white. Our, I mean, don't it's true. I mean, you don't. 
It's not a joke, guys. <laughs> I mean, we're the only race where we close our eyes to pray. We see a white man. Can you imagine? If you're watching a movie and you hear some Lingala in it, let's say a Hollywood movie, how proud do you feel? Yeah. Sometimes you're watching a movie, then you hear some Swahili. Some Swahili, and you. Exactly. Just that little stupid thing. You feel so proud that you hear some Swahili. Or somebody mentioned something about, uh, you know, Westland or, I don't know, maybe Ungod Road. Yeah, Ungod Road, yeah. And you feel like, oh, yeah, that's in yeah. Kenya. <laughs> White people get that every day, every hour, every second, all the time about themselves. All the time. What do you think they feel? They know they're superior. They don't even think they're superior. They know they are superior to us. That's what we need to change. Mm, mm. We do that in our own way. You do it through your comedy. You do it through communication with people when you're driving. Mm. I do it through my movie. All of us have a responsibility to do it in our own way. To unlearn and change that thing. Yeah. Because... <laughs> That's why like Dr. Omar is really trying yeah. to change that. And you see by black, sometimes we mistake um, when you say black people you're thinking of American black people. No, no. All and black. yet, all blacks. These problems are being faced by all the blacks. All blacks. All black. All black. It's, it's a, because Africa was exploited as well. I mean, when you take a country like Nigeria, one of the richest countries of Africa, right? 210 million people. You have oil. You have all kinds of stuff. But what they did, they took all those tribes, the Hausas, they took the um, Igbo, they took the Yoruba, they took all of them, uh, put them together and call this thing a new country. And of course that creates tensions. These people didn't say I want to, the Yorubas didn't say I want to be with the Igbos. Yeah, they have their own kingdoms. They have their own thing. But white people put us together, well, you know, we have to deal with it. But that also creates tensions because they, you know, MI15 or whatever the secret service is, is dealing there, trying to create divisions amongst different people anyway to form it all kinds of nonsense. So Nigeria doesn't become that superpower that it should be. If Japan is a big country with a lot of money, Nigeria should be too. Yeah, Japan Japan is has like no a... natural resources. Yeah. None. Japan doesn't have anything but earthquake. But they have brain power. They have a culture that is unified. If Nigeria is unified and is left alone to take care of its own thing, Nigeria is going to be a powerhouse as well. And Kenya can be, and all those other countries can be. Yeah. So that's what we need to be. We need black people who are lovers of black people, who who who, see, who unlearn certain nonsense. The idea that you know, gee, the president's tribe is not my tribe. Who cares? Okay, let's focus on 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 you know his politics. Does do you agree with his politics or not? If you don't agree, then run for office, do something. But also, what's wrong with our presidents, man? Like African presidents, they travel, right? Mm-hmm. They travel, go to Dubai, they go to, you know, Europe. They don't feel like their own countries looking like those places where they travel. Let me tell you something. So even then, they have to unlearn. Let me tell you something before you answer. Uh, answer. Well, take, take one positive black president who has been there before. Like, like Marco Let me give you an example of Thomas Sankara. He, he made sure he kept polio in the entire country. He built railways by himself. He cut uh, uh, French uh, imports. He built. He wanted the people to be independent. They cooked their own food. What happened? They killed him. When he stand out as a black president, 
they come for you. Yeah. Well, um, I think what he was saying, I got that too, but I think what he was saying, if I can interject, is that there is a certain level of pride that you have to have, and I've asked myself that same question too. Like, if you're president, and you see how things are done in certain countries, why would you not want the same for your country? But I, sh I should submit one thing to you. Kenya is only, what, uh, you, were, 50 you were born years. in 64? 60, yeah, 63. 63, right? Mm. So you were like um, 61 years old, maybe? No, 50, 53. No, thereabouts. you say 63. 50, no, no, 58? 59, I think. 59. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so about 59 years, almost 60 years old, okay? That's not a long time. That's not a long time. So let's not compare Kenya to Japan that's been there for like... But how about, how about Singapore? Singapore was on the same level as Kenya in 63. I know, but what happened is that those countries... Um, how, how could I put it? Those countries don't have the history that we have. Because you remember I said, I think therefore I am? They've played with our mind. They haven't played with those... A lot of those places don't have that same... Mental. That's the mental thing. China, China, uh, as as recently as the 1940s, was really a backward country. But China is 5,000 years old. Yeah. Do you understand? So I'm not suggesting that it will not happen. Africa will rise. Africa will is the future. It will rise because those young people that I see here, <laughs> I mean, you you guys don't see what I see because I'm looking. At the fact that okay, um, everywhere I go, I see black people. There's a striving black middle class here. Yeah, I've gone to other places where the middle class is mostly light skinned people. I don't see that here in Kenya. <laughs> right? I, I usually feel like I'm the lightest person in the room. Mm. So that's a very positive thing. That means all those people who are educated, and you speak to them, they you know they doing about their business, they doing things slowly but surely, but eventually that's what the future of kenya is and they've seen things they've they will they've seen things they're doing things they will create things but things take time a country's uh um road is not as fast as our own lifetime you know um england has been there for 800 years about Fighting, destroying each other. do you understand mm. so it takes time kenya's only a teenager of a country mm. you know? yeah there's that yeah there's hope yeah there is hope. Oh, there, oh no there's definitely hope i mean i've taken a bunch of beautiful pictures and i'm going to share them on my social media this is kenya because people think of tarzan and all this nonsense <laughs> and i'm one of i mean the government should pay me to be an ambassador for kenya <laughs> to show <laughs> ah, man. yeah and, and i have a big mouth so i will be doing that tell us about your movies okay so i started writing um about uh, movies in particular, but a good 12 years ago, but I've always written because I'm a musician as well, as you know. All right. um, the reason why I got into movies is to basically present a picture of ourselves the way that we want to present them. Because uh, when I was in college, undergrad, I studied political science and business. So history, psychology, those things are my domain. And I realized that it's the powerful, always right history. 
And as black people, we always want people to tell our story for us. Because earlier we were saying, well, you know, they, they talk about this, but they don't talk about... Um, they talk about the Jews, uh, uh, the Holocaust, but they don't talk about uh, what happened in the Congo. Yeah, but they're the ones that are talking. Yeah, We need to talk. So... I make sure that every black person that I talk to or every white person, I tell them about the Congo. I talk about Leopold, who's the Hitler of, of those yeah. <laughs> the 18th century or 19th century. Okay? And let people know about him. And talk about the fact that in, in Switzerland, they have no, no, no cocoa and then they're they making all that chocolate. So mm -hmm. you, 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 each of us has a responsibility to educate one another. All of us have to do that. So I started writing movies because I know that one of the most powerful one of the most powerful tool that one has is cinema. I love radio because I used to do radio. And I do have a radio voice. The girls love them and all that. Yeah, I noticed. That this guy has the voice. That, uh, but I also know that how powerful cinema is. What is seen on TV, even even when I'll tell you something, even when you're watching your friends, like for example, when I watch a movie that I'm in, I still cannot believe it's me because it's, there's some when it's projected in the screen, aura there's an aura of it. Even your friends feel like, oh my god, yeah. should I take your autograph? They because can, they, yeah. They, they, yeah, they're they, like, this is this is someone else. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that power, that mystique mm. that movies have, it all starts with the writing. Mm. It all starts with the writing. And when you write something and you see it coming from the paper to the realization of what it is, mm. it's just, there's, I cannot even, I, I don't do drugs, I've never smoked weed in my life because first of all, that's another thing I believe in. Black people have no business doing drugs because we need our brain, we need our wit, we need to be awakened. We have no business, darling. Our need to be alert. Absolutely, we like in the back of the truck. You could be dropped dead anytime. No, we need to be alert all the time. Let white people do the weed if they want to do it. They want to legalize marijuana and do it. Knock yourselves out. But us, it's a moral imperative that we don't because we we cannot afford it. We we can afford it. The way it comes from, uh, that is considered as uh, what? What is it? Uh, weed. <laughs> <laughs> Smoking weed. Food for this no, no, I'm not suggesting that. Whether it's marijuana, whether it's cocaine, whether it's whatever it is, anything that's going to dull our senses so much, we don't need it. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Because we, we need to be alert. It's not the, the morality of it. We just need to be alert. Whether it be alcohol, you consume alcohol, whatever it is. We just need to be alert because we, otherwise we have no future. Yeah. We need all our young people to be alert instead of teaching them don't do drugs because it's immoral. No, no, no. Show them who they are, tell them where they come from, and they'll see that we does is not important. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So movies are very powerful. So I write to present an image of black people that is positive. And I'm just doing my part, and other people will do their part. You know. So, so um, how, how do you distribute? Like, if we want to watch them, how, how do you? Oh, even generally, how do you, how do you distribute them? I believe in acting, thinking globally, and acting locally. 
I truly believe that. Everybody that's everybody think that to be a star you're just gonna be one day waking up one day and then you're gonna be big, big stars. Very rarely does that happen. You have people who are stars who were doing things for years and then bim one day they got discovered and something like that happened. Or they're doing things locally and now with social media then they just uh, get big. Now it's very easy to do it because you have uh, Netflix, you have Amazon. We already have uh, everything's all set for Amazon for us to be on Amazon Prime. Mm -hmm. Netflix, we're working with Netflix so that we could be have my movie on Netflix. So that's basically what it's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. So when you're Netflix, you're global, man. Yeah, exactly. So you will see my movie on Netflix. Or if you're just that. on the internet. Mm. No. Yeah. No, we're not just going to put it on the internet. It's too much money spent. It's going to be on Netflix. Mm. It's going to be. <laughs> Yeah, it will be that, on Netflix yeah, yeah. because what we've done we've done everything that Netflix because what we do, we've talked to Netflix to try to get the requirements for example with Netflix you have to have original music I cannot just put somebody else's music on there mm. Netflix is not going to be sued because you were negligent at putting somebody's music that yeah. you don't have any authorization to put okay so I write my original scores my brother who's a producer you know is doing some music for me I have two friends of mine who are, by the way, white. Now, for you listening, think I hate white people. I do have white friends too, uh, <laughs> and my white friends agree with me yeah. with my assessment because they are educated in the way that we tell them to be educated. Um, they play for the Boston Symphony Orchestra. They've written scores of music for the movie as well. Um, yeah. So, how did you fund it? Was it, was funding it a problem? The funding is. <laughs> I found a very creative way to fund my movie, that latest movie that, I'm, that I've done. I have a very good friend of mine. She was doing her master's at Harvard University. Very smart girl, very good friend of mine. And her major is film. To d shoot a movie in 4K, uh, I don't know if you know what 4K yeah. is. Okay. 4K is a certain level of uh, fidelity that the camera should have, and which is like you know, the next thing. Now they do have 5K and 6K that's coming yeah. up, but 4K is like actually very high. Um, or certain kind of equipment that you need to use is a lot of um, a lot of money to rent. You could talk about um, renting the camera for one day. It could be a good $1,500 for that one day. And when you're shooting one scene, we were talking about it earlier, <laughs> It could take you that once in three days to shoot it, and you you don't know when you're gonna start. That's why people who are jealous don't let your girl don't don't go out with actresses or or actors because you could be shooting at 7 p.m. and it could be like three o'clock in the morning. You're still shooting, yeah. and you come back the next day or whatever, and that's for one scene. So my friend basically, I proposed to her that why doesn't she use, she could use my movie as her thesis. And then she would be using Harvard equipment to film the movie. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> of yeah. course. So we did spend money because I had to feed all the actors. I've, I strongly believe in that. Mm. I believe that, you know, the actors are not paid. Actually, one of them is paid because I had to send for somebody from Haiti mm. to, to bring her here. Uh, well, I say here in Boston to shoot. So we had to pay for a ticket, pay for where she was going to stay, her wardrobe and everything else. So we wrote to a lot of uh, companies and to get donations to things. Like we, I, I had a whole roster of friends 
we it, what what it what really we did a lot of administration. If you have if you have a good what we call a, a um, production manager, you can do things. So what we did our production manager by the way is African. She's um, she's uh, Nigerian. Mm. Um, and our DP, our direction director of photography, is also African. Uh, he's from Togo. And the girl is the director, and I'm the executive producer and writer. Um, so that's like the leadership of the group. So we met with all these people. So we created um, a schedule for when we're going to be shooting, first of all. We, no, actually, no, before we did that, the first thing that we did, we looked at the whole scripts, and we cut it down to where we're going to be shooting the scripts. And now we seek out to do location scouting for example let's say you have a, a shoot a, a, a scene where somebody's talking in a, inside a living room somewhere let's say you are actor a in the movie but you have your own place so the place has to be consistent so i would call emmanuel i said can we shoot that scene at your house you said yes so we look at it yeah that's appropriate for the character because not every character has to have a beautiful place yeah it depends on what the character is about mm. i've seen some movies where everybody's rich in the movie like why <laughs> <laughs> it's not realistic it doesn't make no sense i mean especially um, forgive me to say that but i've seen a lot of african movies that do that where the place where the person lives doesn't go with the character of the person yeah. you know if you have someone who let's say is a modest person in the movie their wardrobe should be modest where they live should be modest. Also, just to throw this in, even in uh, <laughs> like a series like 24, you remember 24? Of course. Jack Bauer never ever went to the loop. <laughs> For the whole series, all seven, ep- all seven whatevers. But anyway, that was a by the way. <laughs> I think shooting, they're going to the loop scene, takes too much money. Let's just ignore that part. Yeah, but, but I hear you. Yeah, so... We we do the, the location scouting, and after that, when we after we do the casting, casting again, we one thing I don't do friendship in my movie. I choose people who are best. I invite everybody to come and apply, and we choose you based on your abilities. Everybody has some kind of ability for a movie, you know. And we choose you. Once we choose you, then we do that. After the casting, we do a casting orientation. After that, we we do a. Um, a schedule of when we're going to be shooting but every day that we're going to shoot we make sure that we have someone that's going to provide food for that day for how many actors that will be there mm. so from my mother to my cousins to my whatever my friends mm. my girlfriend my ex-girlfriend my future girlfriend yeah whoever are donating food for yeah. us you know in, in the united states it's no big deal people just say okay i'll cook for you and then they just provide the food yeah. and bring them your your, um, wardrobe same thing too for wardrobe Um, people have a lot of clothes back home so sometimes you want the actor to look a certain way and you tell a friend okay can you can you dress up that person Mm. and I have friends who are fashion designers my aunt is one by the way so we sometimes they make the clothes for the people or somebody let somebody use their clothes Mm -hmm. Uh your production team I've heard you said Togo you have I have somebody who's a totally from yeah from Togo, Nigeria, Nigeria. and the Haitian girl is Haitian, mm-hmm. the, 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 the director, and, and me. We are like the, the leadership yeah. level. You're missing one from one country. Nigeria and Togo. No, no, you're 
Haiti and me. They're missing a Kenyan. <laughs> <laughs> He's a <rude. laughs> no, Well, we don't have many Kenyans in Boston. I haven't seen many Kenyans in Boston. They don't land. You should you send the ticket to Atlanta. They're there. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that's cool. You've just used your creativity to get things done. Yeah, and I think and I think that's what we should do as black people. Whatever you're doing, whether it's something that you do for fun, something you do seriously, always remember we always have a purpose. Because our cousins, and I'm calling them cousins, we are the brothers. The white people are cousins. Yeah, you know they love themselves. We need to love ourselves too. Yeah, and not because we hate them, because we want to be as loved as a human being as they are yeah you know if i see anybody mistreating a white person i will defend the white person because they we're all children of god Mm. but they don't see it as such it's up to us to elevate ourselves not in a way to put anybody down but to assert ourselves as people who belong on this earth you cannot have an earth where a group of people decide that they're masters of the universe and everybody else is subservient no you cannot have a people who make you feel like you are inferior. We're not inferior. We just, the opportunities are just taken away from us. And now certainly, because we have basic biological and certain needs, we start acting like animals. That's what they would do if we put them in the same situation. Yeah. Haitians don't have the opportunity to, 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 to feed themselves well and all that. They cutting the trees and that's why yeah. but if you give them one of those things you think they're going to they're not going to do that for example Wycliffe you see he was a top position for my Asia. yeah you see so yeah. opportunities are there yeah you get these people yeah mm. and then when we find ourselves in certain environments you thrive thoroughly absolutely because we're thirsty you give any black person the i mean i i have no doubt about it you take I, you pluck any kenyan here you bring him to america you give him the opportunity they thrive. Mm. Like Olivier, is a film producer, he plays piano, yeah. plays guitar. I was like, what? I, sometimes it's embarrassing to say so many things that I do because it's just like, okay, after a while, he's mm. on the bracket. Maybe the best question is, what don't you do? <laughs> I don't do kids. <laughs> <laughs> I am not married, nor do I have any kids. So in that sense, I'm a family. Yeah. For as a Kenyan, I'm a total failure here. In the kids department. In the kids department, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what's funny? It's like all my brothers and sisters, they have kids. I'm the only one who don't have any children. I don't have kids too, man. Well, you at least you're married. Yeah. You know, I don't think I'm going to get kids. Though. You don't think? Well, I'll dedicate my life to Papos. And I, I think when people say, "Do will you have kids? I said, it depends on my wife. My future wife. I don't know. Because if you, if I say no, then I'm not ready to get married, and I will never get married. All right. Yeah. Have you sampled any Kenyan? Uh, no, I haven't sampled any Kenyans at all. When I'm on vacation, I just shut down the store. Right. I'm on a mission. No, but they have opportunity. We went for that salsa thing. I'm just saying, we went for that salsa thing. Hey, there's two ch- chiles, man. They're on his case. So he's just going to leave like that? I, I asked him, dude. <laughs> no, I am... I... I know for a fact how, um, and I've read it a lot, that a lot of people come from America or from other Western countries uh, with the almighty dollars and they come here and then just try to... Uh, to smash and dash. Yeah. To me, that's wrong. I'm not saying that I could not fall in love with a girl, but the idea that I'm just going to flash my American card and yeah. then want to just talk to a girl that way, no. Mm. I mean, I took the girl's number. I, I sent her the... 
the symbol of things I said yeah you know hopefully if you come to America we'll talk that's it but for you at least when you speak is when they know you're not Kenyan yes so you can blend into the crowd I can blend anywhere I am someone I would feel very comfortable at Buckingham Palace having tea with the Queen and but I would be somewhere in uh, wherever and feel comfortable as well are you going to be back to Kenya anytime soon or you, you know you don't know no I not anytime soon I might come back but I know I'm going I want to go to South Africa um, and after South Africa I, I probably will do one of those fun what I call fun um, trips trips fun trips are the Caribbean there's nothing like it fun trips is you just go to the beach I wish you went to Mombasa though yeah I know Mombasa wouldn't be just fun Mombasa, Mombasa would be fun but I wanted to come to Nairobi more because of it's more educational for me mm. this was an educational trip yeah. have you gone like into the outskirts of Nairobi no I have not been to the outskirts. I haven't had time even just driving random to the outskirts I, you know you know, Nairobi is a very interesting city mm-hmm. like you just drive five kilometers outside the city limits mm-hmm. and you're in a village I, w- I would love to go but I don't think I have the time no, I would I'm have loved to go I, yeah because I'm living no, me I'm from an urban area <laughs> <laughs> no but it's well, actually outside but I would love limits. I would have lo- trust me I would have loved to go and I'd love to take this taste day for two to see if the Indian influence yeah. was that much when, uh, yeah. like, yes oh, where the in the middle of uh, Naivasha and Nairobi like such places I think many people who travel to Nairobi don't experience yeah, no, like no one ever takes them but I don't think you get experience when you go to Naivasha you know that Tubukiza food there yeah no Naivasha is more or less urban you should go in the in, middle uh, you know Kanyariri you know such areas such areas but cool I wonder why he does that the when, when he's speaking the, the head no when you speak is when this thing starts I think he didn't like you <laughs> we need to alright I think um I, I think we're done for this episode. I've asked him what he does, the things he does in totality. Yeah, uh, you, uh, do you mind sharing <laughs> apart from the Jeez. movies? Okay, what do I do? Um, I'm a pianist. I play the piano. Uh, I play the guitar and I play the drums. These are the musical stuff I do. And I also write music. Um, I'm also a business person. I have a building that I run basically that's what gives me income to do what I wanted to. that's what I had to do yeah to do what I wanted Foundation. I worked for the mayor's office for many years I was a workforce development coordinator basically engaging in policy work that helps people get into the workforce so that was the thing that I needed to do <laughs> to get the other thing to get money to buy my place that now giving me income so that I could do what I want to do yeah. like movie stuff because the movie stuff is not giving any money yet, it's taking money away yeah. um, I do some consultants like if people want to organize something and you want me to do it for you I'm a very um, great organizer I could just put things logically make it make sense if you do an event I can help you do that where were you yesterday I was suffering I was drowning <laughs> I, I in could carnival have, I literally could have helped you to I was doing everything trip. man I, I was doing tickets <laughs> arranging <laughs> the seats <laughs> confirming <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. yeah but, but this should have been done prior to the event yeah. and then you just have one person and you have another person like two people doing everything not one person only yeah 
Yeah, and then yeah, and because it's very hard doing. People people say they're gonna do things, but when it comes to reality, they don't want to do them. Um, what else? The movie I write scripts, I write music, and um, oh, I teach dance too. I forgot to say that. I have a dance studio. That's also another income thing. I have a at my house where I live, not the other place, but where I live. There's something called the basement in Boston. Yeah. I don't know what you know what it is. A basement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like the bottom floor. Yeah. So I have a dance studio there where I teach kizomba and salsa and rumba, and I have parties there too sometimes. Yeah. So I I do that. Mm, I think that's it. Also podcast. Oh yeah. I just, yeah. Well. I, I do I do radio, but I don't do radio anymore. I just, I was doing radio until COVID. I stopped. All right, you yeah. were radio just recently. That's like uh, absolutely yeah. I, I, I had, I, I had uh, um, actually some of my shows are on on uh, is it on YouTube or on Facebook? One of them. Yeah, I've done radio. You're doing? Um, was it a daily show? No, not daily. I, it was weekly. I couldn't do I couldn't do daily. It was a two hour show. And uh, it, the name of the show was Kalalu. All right. Yeah. And one segment of it, I had several segments. I had one segment called uh, Hello to Francophonie. Francophonie is all the French speaking countries. Yeah. And you know, you have many of them from Gabon, Cote d'Ivoire, Senegal, whatever. And we had. Gabon. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the name of it in France. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we had that. Uh, we had um, basically it was different segment of it. Um, I can't focus on it right now, but yeah, I did radio. Top stuff. No wonder he's just uh, unnatural on this thing, man. There's something people before we finish. Yeah. Something very positive. Say, you you, you say you need to do what you need to do to get you somewhere where you need to be. No, you have to do what you. You need to do what you need to do so you could do what you want to do. In other words, if you have to drive a taxi so that you could buy your house, that's what you have to do. There's no, there's no, there's no embarrassment or anything like that. That's why I respect everybody. It doesn't matter. That's important. Because when a girl sees a man, all he sees is, okay, what do you have now? But they don't see your potential or what is it that you're doing to get to that destination. I think a relationship would have wasted a lot of time so that you don't quickly achieve some of these things. Yeah, because but people, when you see someone who quickly achieves something or who achieves something, who's already, it's like a food that's already cooked. But you don't know who cooked it. You don't know how it was cooked. You know, you get in that kitchen and you want to taste that food. Somebody might kick you out of the kitchen. But if you have someone you were there, you were patient with them, that relationship be strengthened even better, yeah, I think. True. You know? So, I think it's important for, I mean, it's always good to find something that's really cooked, no doubt, and that's why we go to, <laughs> that's why we go to Galitos or something. Yeah, yeah. But it, it tastes better when we cook our own food. So, I think um, people should just look at someone comprehensively, not just by the the ephemeral view that everybody has of someone yeah is it also harder to bring someone in after all those achievements like do you would you now start looking for someone at your level at 
Well, it's it's hard. Believe it or not, I don't have a girlfriend at the moment. It's, so you're, free, you're telling us you're free. <laughs> no, but, to it, it, but it isn't because I don't want to have a girlfriend. I want to have a girlfriend. I am talking to this girl who I love very much, but she she um, it's very complicated with her because she's going through some medical issues that she feels that she needs to deal with that first before she has anybody in her life she has chronic pains mm. chronic pain. she's always in pain unfortunately and i tell her it doesn't matter i'll be there with you she said no i don't want you to have to pity me i don't you know okay so that's that yeah yeah so there's nothing i can do we're talking i love her she told me she loves me too but she doesn't want to be in a relationship so that's a problem and then again, you have other girls who just see me and they see me as a as a bank account. Okay, they they see my house, they see my car, they see things like that, and they just see me as a passport to go to a destination, an opportunity. An opportunity. But that's not what. <laughs> that's the way you pronounce it in South Africa. An opportunity. <laughs> and there are other people who want me and I'm not interested yeah the relationship is a problem because you have, you have chemistry you have you feeling and then you have your raw basic attraction yeah you know maybe I don't like the fact that she her legs don't look like the the legs of the girls that I want like for example we were at that thing and he saw this girl with glorious Maximus <laughs> oh yeah yeah uh-huh <laughs> Yeah, that, and he was ogling all day, no, all night long. Even downstairs at the gate, he was really in a good mood. Huh? <laughs> Just down here at the gate. What gate? The lady who opens the That's gate. His future ex-girlfriend. No, no, he seems to know him. Him. <laughs> He's waiting for you to leave. He'll be here next week at his apartment. Go, go ahead, come and check it out. <laughs> But anyway, it was cool. It was cool having you, brother. Well, it's very cool. Thank you very much, guys. I appreciate it. I think you've made it. You've made my journey here quite welcoming. And um, to all my future Kenyan friends who are listening to this, yeah, be sure you support this podcast. It's good sharing. Yes. And uh, we'll be hearing from you soon again. Also, for the team in Boston, man, shout out to them. <laughs> sure. I'm sure they're gonna listen. Yeah, they will. Yeah. So, until the next one. <laughs>